having a good week. Thank you for joining our weekly chat. Um, we were due to have um, Fiona uh, Manette with us from Boss Your PR. Um, due to unforeseen circumstances, she's unable to join us, um, but we do wish her well. Um, we are being joined by fashion designer Denise Mahmood from Moisha Clothing, and it looks like she is online now. Um, I'm Hillary, founder of the Fashion Bites platform. We're here to support and nurture creative entrepreneurs, filling in the gap between education and what happens in real life. Hello. Hi. Um, <laughs> this is our way to connect, collaborate, and share. Um, we are so pleased to have Denise with us today. Thank you so much for joining and welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, Denise, please tell us a bit about yourself. Um, my name is Denise Mahmood, as you know. My brand is Moisha. I am a women's wear, uh, luxury brand, luxury designer, and a textile designer. Okay. Thank you. That, that was nice and quick. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, I have to ask, did you, did you study fashion or design or, and did you always dream of becoming a glamorous fashion designer? Glamour. Hmm. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> I studied uh, law, political science and finance, thinking I'd be a corporate attorney, which is okay. what my parents wanted. And um, actually, about five days after graduation, I was given a trip to Europe, and I never looked back again to the disappointment of my parents. Um, it's really funny because becoming a fashion designer was definitely not something that I thought of. Uh, in fact, until I was 14, I refused to even sew anything. My mother sewed, my grandmother sewed, and I just thought that was a housewife thing to do. And I know that's not very PC to say, but yeah. it's truly <laughs> how I, I felt. And yeah. they tried to send me to a few sewing classes and I wouldn't go. And when I was 14, um, I wanted to customize a sweatshirt and my parents said they weren't going to allow me to buy new clothes to cut up because that just didn't make any sense to them. So I knew where the fabric store was. I went along to the fabric store. Uh, the lady helped me because I had no idea what I was doing. I'd seen right. it so, uh, but I had never touched a machine in my life. And uh, she helped me with the pattern and the fabrics. So I took it home follow the pattern, made a sweatshirt, cut it up, customized it the way I wanted, wore it to school. And all my friends were like, oh, it's really nice. And they thought it was better than ones that they had actually purchased and cut up. And they started asking me to make it for them, which I did. And I think it was probably about the eighth or 10th one. And my mother said, well, I think you better start charging. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like really, really busy every weekend making, you know, sweatshirts and customizing them for my friends. Uh, the next thing I know, somebody said, well, can you make me a, a party dress? And then another person said, can you make me a gown? And I've just been hooked ever since. So 14 and that was that. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I also read that you are into interiors. You're an interior designer as well. Yes, I am. Um, it's really funny how that came about. In 2012, I was commissioned by the Barge House Festival, which is part of the London Design Festival, to create a dress uh, it, for their exhibition called Untold Gold, which uh, 
had to do with the Olympics being in uh, London. And I had been working on this web. I'd become obsessed with this spider. And uh, it's the golden orb web spider and she weaves a golden web. And I was trying to find a way to reproduce in my way, her web, which I ended up doing. And I created a ball gown for the exhibition and they liked it so much. They asked me had I ever thought of turning that into interiors. And I said, well, hadn't really thought about it. And, uh, time kind of went on after that, uh, the Bartels festival where the dress was uh, exhibited. And they called me maybe about three months later asking me would I do an interior show. And I said, well, I don't really have any interiors. So maybe next time. So they called me maybe a month later and asked me again, saying that they would give me a stand as a featured designer at in New York at um, ICCF. And I was like, mm, don't know. But I thought if I don't do it this time, they may not ask again. Right. So I said yes, not knowing that I'd only have 30 days to produce a complete interiors collection. And that saw furnishings, uh, textiles, window dressings, wallpaper, things I'd never done in my life before. Needless to say, somehow I figured it out. And <laughs> I went to New York and uh, did my display, which took me three days to set up because once again, I didn't know what I was doing. I was in the middle of the floor in a six by three meter stand with no walls. So, I mean, I called in every favor. Being from New York, thank goodness, I knew some people and I got some ladders and things like that. So it, it ended up really, uh, really great actually. And I was uh, in the top three for, uh, in the top three of new designers for that particular year for the show. So award-winning textiles, who knew? Wow, amazing. That's, that's really, really great. Now you said you got um, inspiration from a spider's web. Is that yeah. where you get most of your inspiration or is there other places for your designs? There other are things. I think I see the world in a really weird way. I mean, when I do my embroidery is, is a great example. Um, for me, it's not about traditional embroidery. The actual skill itself, the skills I use uh, from tambour to uh, RE embroidery and just basic hand embroidery, um, it's all the same skills, but it's all about being 3D. And sometimes I could see something on the ground that somebody's dropped and it's been smashed a bit, but not quite flat. So these are where my ideals come from. Really different places compared to... I guess, well, I think I'm normal, but what other people call normal. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so tell us about combining handmade textiles to classic silhouettes to create your modern ultra feminine um, styles. Well, I mean, I think that women want to stand out. They want to be different. Um, sometimes I don't want to scream it out but they do want something that's special and that's uh, timeless. And one of my, one of the things that's most important to me is 
having something that you're going to be able to wear, not just today, but 10 years from now, and it will be just as fresh and relevant then as the day that you actually purchased it. So taking these techniques to make that kind of extra special piece that you could just wear and wear and wear and hopefully hand down, because I'm, I really hate it when people buy things and it goes into their closet and then that's the end of it. So right. I, I try to make things that people will want to wear again and again and again. Okay. Okay. Now with that in mind, is it, is being considered sustainable and made in Britain? Is that important to you? That is really, really important to me. I mean, I try to watch, every little thing I do, uh, I barely throw anything away. All my leftover textiles are used for something, be it a trim, or uh, we started uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, uh, making uh, eyeglass cases and makeup cases so that we're not wasting anything. Uh, being sustainable is, honestly, it's virtually impossible. You can't be 100% sustainable sustainable but i do try to do as much as i can and that even comes down to trying to get as many textiles as i can uh in this country instead of going outside because i have to think about that kind of footprint all mm -hmm. the time yeah yeah and the being made in britain do you find that important or well, that's very important it's important to me because uh, a lot of our things are made in-house. Mm -hmm. um, and when they can't be made in-house, so say smaller runs, a hundred or less of something, um, it's by hand-picked uh, manufacturers here in the UK that we've been working for for probably at least 10 years. So having control over what happens and the way that the employees of the manufacturers are treated, uh, the pay that they receive, it, it's, it plays a really big part. So being made in Britain, a lot of people uh, say that they feel like um, it may cost a bit more, but believe it or not, it's not that much more expensive. And I can honestly say, if you work with the right manufacturers, you're talking about maybe three to five pounds more than what you would pay if it was abroad. But then you still have to consider how you're gonna get it get it here, which means it's gotta get on a plane or a ship, which is, right. you know, polluting our world even more. So if I can have it done here and be in control of what's happening and see what's happening in the factory, making sure that people are being treated properly, then that means a lot to me. And so being made in Britain is really, really important to me. I wish it was to a lot more people. <laughs> um, yes. Um, when, when starting out um, your business, how did you, how did you find your customer? How did you test the, the marketplace? Given the fact that you are from the US, how did you do that um, here? Well, when I first started, I started off like a lot of people, I started off at markets. I started off at um, in Camden, not at Camden Market, but there used to be the Electric Ballroom. I, I'm not sure if they still have a market there. And it was um, all independent, up-and-coming designers there. I went from there to Portobello Road, like a lot of designers do. And uh, at the time, 
uh, Spitalfields was just kind of changing out of being a fruit and veg market. And I think, in fact, when I started there, there were only 15 people other than fruit and veg selling there. And I was one of the first, well, not first, but say maybe six, there were six of us selling fashion. Um, uh, interesting brands, including uh, All Saints was there. Um, Junkie was there. So we kind of had this clientele, this client base of these people coming in to find this kind of fresh new talent. And that's kind of how I kind of felt out what was working, what wasn't working and who my customer really was. Okay. Okay. Did you also took part in exhibition and trade shows at the same time? Just, um, I, I did. I started off, um, being approached by uh, the mayor of London's office. They used to do a show called Culture to Couture, which was for uh, African, Caribbean, and African diaspora people. Um, and that only lasted maybe two seasons, but I was approached there by GLE, which was a company that used to work with what's D-E-T, D- IT now, um, right. to be UKTI, um, to do Pure. And I'd never done a full collection, but I said, oh, I'll have a try because I'm, I'm a trier. And <laughs> yeah. it, turned out, it turned out really, really well. I did Pure, uh, got my first buyers, which was fantastic. I think my, the very first woman that purchased for me was from uh, Ireland. And she placed okay. a really big order and they kind of just kept coming from there. And after that, I went on to Pret in Paris. And also I've done a few trade shows in New York at home, of course. Okay. Okay. Now, how would you compare your experience in the industry um, between the U.S. and Europe? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Be gentle. Be be gentle. I, I think that if you compare the two, there's a lot more support for designers, and it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If you're there and you're paying taxes there and you're paying bills there, you're an American designer. We're here. I, it's kind of hard because I'm finding it hard to fit in to I don't know it's it's very if you weren't born in British you're not a British designer but I live mm -hmm. here and I've lived here for 23 years so as far as I'm concerned I'm a British designer yeah. uh but it it is it's it's very different I mean when I go to America other designers will see my things and say oh there's a store that your things would be great at oh here's their contact details I mean they're like throwing all this stuff at me and you know you better call them and here it's 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 sharing is not as open which I think it's kind of sad because I am a sharer I probably share too much but I just feel like everybody's so different that if I see something and I think that that person would work well with a shop that I say wouldn't work so well with, I will definitely tell them, you know, this is a shop for you. Yeah. And I don't get that as much here. So it's, I mean, 
a lot of I hear a lot of designers say it, and it is really true. It's it's almost a kind of a lonely life because other than your friends outside of the fashion industry, I mean, you have associates within the industry, but real mm. friends are really really hard to come by in this industry. So everybody's mm. kind of like for themselves. So yeah, it it is it is quite sad because I do. I do think more and more collaboration is is the way to go. The, I, I, working silo is is absolutely insane. There's yeah. no way you can do everything yourself. Yeah. So keep keep the way you are. Stay exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> the, way, the way you are. Um, I, I've as, tried it didn't work out. So. <laughs> <laughs> as as a business owner. There are many challenges, and I just wanted to know how you're finding wearing several hats, because it, it takes quite a lot to, to run a business. Yes. I am the admin, the PA, the coffee girl, <laughs> the machinist sometimes, <laughs> the pattern cutter, <laughs> learned CAD because I had to. So um, it, is, it is difficult, but if you kind of try to find a balance, I, I, I have a schedule and sometimes I'm bad about keeping to it, but a lot of times uh, I'm not. And I do spend a lot of time working on that schedule. So I try to make sure that I do stick to it. So it, okay. it's just a, a balance. Mm -hmm. It's just a balance. Okay. Okay. How are you um, finding the current situation? Have you had to adapt your business model at all? Yes. I, uh, for quite a few years, I was selling wholesale. I'd stopped selling retail completely and just gone strictly into wholesale. Um, in... I guess it's been about three, almost three years now that I decided that I kind of wanted to go back to retail because it was becoming a little bit too much. Uh, people just want you to produce more and more and more. And you, you know, I was at one point producing 25 full looks, not just a single 25 garments, but full looks. So it could have been a trouser, a blazer and a shirt. Uh, I mean, it's so broad and they want to see more and more every time. And I just felt like I was producing these clothes. Sometimes they weren't being purchased. A lot of the collection was, but there were things that weren't. And I just felt like it was such a waste of fabric and time. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I was like a little mouse on this, in this ball rolling around and bumping my head everywhere I went, trying to please the buyers instead of trying to do what I love, which is design. So what I've done is I've kind of pulled back from that. And with what's happened with COVID has made a really big difference as well. It's made me rethink and kind of pare it back. I don't need to have 25 full looks. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm focusing uh, more on uh, my jackets and things to go with those and uh, going back to the craft part, which I love the most, which is the embroidery and the textile design. So I have pivoted a lot and it's, it's a little bit hard, but it, it's kind of fun in a way as well, because I'm, it's almost like getting a new job that you really, really love and just trying to change a bit. Okay. 
Okay. How, um, how are you finding looking at um, the customer experience or your, your loyal um, clients? How are you keeping up with them during this, this time of um, uncertainty? It has been really, really hard, uh, actually. Um, I had some shows coming up, retail shows, that uh, I was going to do because I did spend a lot of years not facing the public, and buyers are definitely not going to share their client list with you. So right. for me, it was really, really important to get back out there, do those shows, um, find these new people, and I just started that. I think I'd done... Um, four shows of late and when COVID hit it was kind of a, a big shock so what I've been doing is trying to figure out uh, different kind of experiences that aren't physical for my clients so um, I'm in the process it's a secret <laughs> I'm in the process okay. of doing uh, a few films uh, that mm -hmm. are not just about my product but how the ideas came about and the processes to make the garments, uh, including the embroidery and the web that I make. Yeah, I think that would be that would be amazing. I think um, people knowing your story and getting to know more about you since you've hidden yourself away for so long, um, it would be would be really 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 great. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it as I've, I'll keep bugging you until I um, see something. Uh, <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. um, do you have, do you have a support network? Do you have a mentor or anyone you can count on or turn to, or if you need a shoulder or just to prevent from screaming? Uh, I don't have a mentor. I, I had a mentor before, which was really fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, uh, she got a little bit older and just didn't want to do it anymore. But I do have a few really good friends that, you know, will tell me to pull your finger out, get on with it. There's no crying in fashion. <laughs> like that. Of course there is. All the time. Every day. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I am lucky enough. And my husband is, is quite supportive as well. I mean, sometimes I have to threaten that I'm going to stop cooking and cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, after a while, you know, no. Well, you did. He, he, has been, he has been a really big support. And, you know, oh. I can kind of sound off to him things that I'm not sure about or, you know, different ideas. And I have... Uh, just a couple really good friends that I can do that with. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. So then I'd like to ask, um, there's a quote yeah. or maybe a partial quote, but you can share the meaning. My, my quote? I, well, it says, yes, fashion is the life of ideas and expressions. Yes. Which is actually partially from Coco Chanel. Oh, yeah, that's, that's okay. actually where that comes from. And so 
how can I explain what that means? When you get dressed in the morning, you might be in a certain mood, happy or sad, and we kind of dress to that, you know, to show those emotions and to show who we are. And it's how we express ourselves. It's for me, and that, that's what I really believe. That, and a lot of people will say, oh, it's not true. But you can't tell me that you decided on that blue jumper instead of that red jumper because you didn't have some kind of feeling about that blue jumper or how your day was going or what you were trying to convey. So I think that a lot of people do it unconsciously. It's just something that's uh, we've grown into doing. And that's really mm -hmm. what that's about. It's about expressing yourself and the way you feel uh, within the way you dress. So, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank it's you very funny. much. I thought it, the quote I thought you were talking about was uh, being an artist is great. Uh, but if you don't know the business side, it's just a hobby, <laughs> which I always say. So, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that one does pop up quite a lot. And yeah. it actually makes perfect sense within fashion because so many people, uh, you know, I want to be glamorous and not have a boss and work for it, but you do have a boss. Your bills are your boss. Um, <laughs> your clients are your boss. <laughs> you, well, not yeah. really. You can say no. And I do tell people sometimes you need to learn how to say no. Because especially if it's going against what you are about as a person and as a brand. So, yeah. 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 But uh, people, sometimes I think people think that it's better to be part of something than nothing at all but yeah. i think yeah you, you know you you get that hint of desperation maybe and then you know oh I, I need to get out there i need but you still have to um i completely agree with you keep to your values and how how you feel what yes. your vision is because yes. that's important as well very important so. yes well that was awfully quick very <laughs> thank you thank you very much for spending this time with us today it's appreciated it's not a problem thank you um thanks for tuning in uh join us again next week our guest will be michelle noel from mnn agency she's chatting to us about commercial sales within luxury fashion and lifestyle until then, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.